King of glory. Hallelujah to the great I am. Be glory. Be honor. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's wait for just another moment. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. You may be seated. And uh, Antonio, are we staying in the house this morning? All right. Glory to God. Oh, we're starting to feel a little warm in here. Hallelujah. I think we need to get, need to get the jacket off. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Thank you, Jesus. Man, oh man, hallelujah. Well, we're going to do a few different things this morning. How's that? Not all right? Good. Terry already said, welcome to day 21 of the Faith Christian Church 21-day fast. Can you believe we're here? Hallelujah. Isn't it awesome? I'm sure there's so many miracle testimonies of how the Lord has carried you through. I'm amazed myself. But I've come today to just share a couple statements with you and then call you around our miracle table so that we as a body can call unto the Lord on this last day of our fast together and pray together as the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. But before we do, let me share a couple of scriptures, a couple of, um, couple of things from the Word about where we're at right now. And let me just say to you that today is not the end of our fast. No. Today is the end of the beginning of our fast. I said today is the end of the beginning of our fast. Can you say praise the Lord? It's the beginning of a new reset. It's the beginning of new wineskins. In Philippians 3, Paul said, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Let us who are spiritually mature, agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. So this is not the end of our fast, where we turn and go back to the place where we started. For our soul is not of them that turn back, but the pressing ahead to take hold of the call of God. Because God has begun a new reset. Now we must be determined to let Him continue. He has lifted us from old dry ruts. He's filled them in with new habits, formed around the lifestyle of fasting 
and prayer. And like John the Baptist turning the hearts of Israel to God in preparation to meet Jesus, so our hearts have been turned to Him for a fresh outpouring. This fast has reset us to God's number one principle of faith. And here it is. If, my people, then I will. Let me say it again. If, my people, then I will. The number one principle of God concerning faith. If, my people, then I will. When will God do what He has said? When my people, who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, we renew ourselves in fasting and prayers, we cry out unto the Lord, the Lord said, Then I, I will hear from heaven. I will come and I will do this. The Lord says. So I want, uh, I want you to hear God speak to us through Joel chapter 2 and through Isaiah 58. Both of these are prophetic utterances that the prophet Joel and Isaiah wrote down as God spoke them. Hear God speak about His reset and know that this is the reset that God always desires to give. He desired to give it to Israel. And he desires to give it to you and I today. This is the reset that all the time that you and I spent chafing in the yoke, trying to lunge ahead, trying to slow up, struggling, turmoil, frustrated, fruitless, laboring, not getting anywhere. This is the reset God has desired all along and always will desire so that when we, then He will. Joel chapter 2, beginning in verse 12, and I'm not going to read every one of these verses down to verse 29, but, but pertinent ones, I want you to hear what God says about the reset. Yet even now declares the Lord, Return to me with all your heart and with fasting and weeping and mourning and rend, rip open your heart and not your clothing. Now return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness, and He relents from sending calamity. Or we may more accurately say, He relents from allowing calamity to come upon us. Blow a trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast. Proclaim a solemn assembly. This has been a state of emergency fast. We're tearing open our hearts because this fast may have started out as an effort to get something from God, but it quickly became an effort to get to God. Can you say amen? Let me continue. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children and the nursing infants. Let the bridegroom come out of his room. 
Let the bride come out of her bridal chamber. In other words, God says, let all life stop. It's time to call upon the Lord. Let the priests, let the ministers weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, quote, spare your people, O Lord. Do not make your inheritance a reproach, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? Then the Lord will be zealous. Remember, if my people, then I will. After the weeping between the torch and the altar, after the gathering of the families, after turning aside from daily uh, uh, affairs and seeking the Lord with fasting and prayer and repentance, then the Lord will be zealous for his land and have pity on his people. And the Lord will answer and say to his people, Behold, I'm going to send you grain, I'm going to send you new wine and oil, and you will be satisfied in full with them. And I will never again make you a reproach among the nations. So rejoice, O sons of Zion, and be glad in the Lord your God, for he has given you the early rain for your vindication. And he has poured down for you the rain, the early and the latter rain, as before. God becomes zealous for our land when we become zealous for him. When a church begins to care enough about God's presence and God's will that they seek Him with fasting and prayer and repentance, then God will care about that church as His own. Let me continue on. Joel says, And the threshing floors will be full of grain, and the vats will overflow with the new wine and the oil. You know He's... You know he's not talking about Cheerios and Welch's. And I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. How many have said, I've seen a few of those swarming locusts. Seen a couple of those on your stuff, on your finance, on your health, on your marriage, on your home, on your job, on your circumstance. Those swarming locusts, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the grasshopper, the destroyer, the cutter, that great army that I let come among you. I will restore what they have eaten, says the Lord. And you shall have plenty to eat, and you'll be satisfied, and you will praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. Then my people will never be put to shame. Thus you will know that I am in the midst of you, and that I am the Lord your God, and there is none other. And my people will never be put to shame. I need to stop right now and point out to you that amazingly, God will restore even the losses that we're responsible for. Amen. The locusts eating up all that stuff is because you opened the door and invited them in. It's because you left the things of God in your life unguarded. You and I set them aside while we chased other things. 
And the locusts came in. And the problems rose up. And the difficulties and the strife began to bear down. And we were responsible for the barrenness, the coldness, the lack of God's protection. Yet God said, I'll restore even all of that. All of the losses that you brought upon yourself, I'll give them back to you. You can't find a deal like that anywhere. The very best you can find in the world is, I'm so glad that you repented. There's not going to be any more of that uh, worm eating and locust gobbling up. We'll, we'll just stop that. Now you can build back up again. The Lord says, oh no, I'm going to start you built up. I'm going to give you what you lost. I'm going to restore what you lost. I'm going to give it back to you. You can't outgive God. Brother Joel goes on. And it will come to pass that after this, we're on day 21, after this comes tomorrow. So listen to this. It will come about after this that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And even on the male and the female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. In other words, everybody, the high born, the low, everybody, I'm going to pour my spirit out. The great equalizer. Hallelujah. The great equalizer, the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I'm going to pour it out on the head of the house. I'm going to pour it out on the servant. I'm going to pour it out on uncle and auntie. And I'm going to pour it out on little baby. Hallelujah. Children going to run around prophesying. Glory to God. Servants and handmaids, husbands and wives are going to cast out devils, raise the dead, heal the sick. Glory to God. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh, God said. Because you have done this, I will do this. It's so simple. Most of my journaling these past 21 days, why did I? I wait so long. Over and over again. Why didn't I do this when I was struggling? But we believe, oh me, my faith in my Bible will get through. But we do it in our own strength. We forget to fall before Him. Broken and incapable of doing anything apart from Jesus. He will be Lord or nothing. He will be Savior or nothing. He does not care about the church that doesn't care enough about itself to have the absolute presence of God. So many churches bear His name, have called men and women of God at the helm, leading them, but God doesn't consider them. This is my active church. He stands afar off, hands at His side, unable to move, unable to bless. Because they don't care enough. And we were one of them. Let's not kid ourselves why we went on this fast. You can't live off your heritage. I can't pastor off my heritage. You can't live off of where you came from. You can't live off of what you used to do. Or the accomplishments that you once made in Christ. Today's the day of the Lord. Today's a new day. And Jesus is a right now God. Now, I'm not supposed to preach this morning. I've got some different plans, so I better rein myself in. But I just simply want to tell you this morning, start looking for a fresh, 
outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The next section of Scripture out of Isaiah 58, I want to preface it by saying that this fast is not only about us renewing our own hearts towards God in repentance, but it's also about us reordering our priorities in our life so as to reach out beyond ourselves and care about the others that God cares about and put His interest in other people first place in our life. You know when your heart breaks, when you get humble like you have these past several days, that begins to rise in your heart, that compassion, that love for others. You feel the heart of the Savior. You feel the heart of Jesus. And your prayer life begins to change. It's not just every time you pray, Oh Lord, you know I'm in this battle. Oh Lord, you know I'm in this situation. Oh Lord, you know I need these things. And He cares. He knows all of that. But you begin to feel His intercessory love for others. You start being concerned about His move in the city and in the community and among others. And that's when the Lord starts smiling. That's when He starts enjoying that fellowship with you. Can you say amen? Because then it's the fast that He chose. It started out maybe as the fast we chose, but it quickly becomes the fast He chose once we start shifting gears and caring about His interests in others. Somebody say amen if you know what I... And I know you know what I'm talking about. Isaiah 58, 6 through 12. God said, this is the fast I choose. To loose the bonds of wickedness, undo the straps of the yoke, let the oppressed go free, break every yoke, share your bread with the hungry, bring the homeless poor into your house. When you see the naked, to cover him, not to hide yourself from your own flesh. And God said, when you choose to do this, the fast that I chose, then I will choose to do this. Your light shall break forth like the dawn. Your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. You'll call, the Lord will answer. You'll cry, here, He will say, here I am. Your light, hallelujah, will rise in the darkness. Your gloom are, is going to be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually. He will satisfy your desire in scorched places. He'll make your bones strong, and you will be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Your ancient ruins will be rebuilt. You will raise up the foundations of previous generations, and you will be called the repairers of the breach and restorers of streets to dwell in. Somebody clap your hands and say, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Because Jesus said, if you choose this, I will choose this. Hallelujah. What a promise. Can you say amen? amen? Well, these past 20 days, God has been making some new wineskins. You remember what Jesus said about wineskins, don't you? You can't put... New wine in old wineskins, Jesus said. Why? Because they're all stretched out. There's no more give in them. There's no more stretch in them. In fact, they're starting to develop holes in the places where they've been worn down. We were an old wineskin. 
There was no more stretch. There was no more give. Holes were beginning to show up in the places where we were worn out. Many of us felt, well, this is the end of the line. When you become an old wineskin, as the parable goes, you're thrown out in place of a new wineskin. But when Jesus gave that parable, he was saying, come to me in fasting and prayer. Throw out the old wineskin. I'll make you the new wineskin. I'm not going to kick you to the curb and go get a new young one off the shelf. But I'm going to turn you into a new. You're all of a sudden going to shrink back up with elasticity. You're going to have flexibility. Hallelujah. You're going to have a nice thick outer coating that's not permeable. That can hold the new wine of the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? Oh, somebody clap your hands and give God some praise this morning. Today, this 21st day of our fast is the end of the beginning of God making new wineskins with expandability because the new wine is about to be poured out. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. If you'll close your Bibles and set them aside for a moment, I'd like you all to stand with me. In the Bible both in the Old and New Testament, the people would gather, both in the days of Isaiah and the days of Joel, certainly in this instance, uh, when Jehoshaphat was, was king of Israel and about to be wiped out by the enemies that had invaded the land. And when the, in the book of Acts, when persecution broke out and the apostles were being rounded up and, and put to death and, and arrested, when trouble was pressing in and a fast would be called, they would gather together. And when they would gather together before the Lord, at the end of the fast, they would lift up their voice and the body would pray. We've spent 20 days, today is day 21 of our fast, pouring our heart out, letting Him bring a new wineskin. And so now we are going to lift up our prayer to the Lord together. And as the body, we're going to pray together and intercede for the things that we have been seeking God for on this day. We want the Lord to hear. We are not going to come to day 21 and just start eating tomorrow morning. We are not going to come to the end of this fast and say, well, we'll see what God's going to do. No. We are driving our claim stake into holy ground. Can you say amen? I'd like all of you this morning to come and gather around our table. There's plenty of chairs in the front if, if you want to sit, be comfortable. But gather around, gather around beside me, come around.